The twenty-first book of Orlando Furioso. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Orlando Furioso by Ludovico Ariosto. Translated by Sir John Harrington. Book twenty-one. The argument. Most worthy Zerbin, by his promise bound, defends Gabrina, most unworthy wight, and for her sake he overthrows to ground Hermonida, unlucky Flemish knight, who doth to him her most lewd life expound, increasing by his speech her cruel spite. Yet still the good Zerbino travels with her, and many a weary mile they rode together. Nor iron nails make fast a plank or board more firm, nor cords a burden surer bind, than faith once given by promise or by word ties most assuredly the virtuous mind. Old times to us good store of samples ford, how praise divine was unto faith assigned, and how in garments white she still was painted, that each small spot or stain might show her tainted. Faith ever should be kept in sacred sort, although to one, or whether given to more. Although in deserts far from all resort, or else a judge or multitude before. What though the witness wants to make report, yet must we keep our covenant evermore, as well by word and private protestation, as by record and public obligation. And so did Zerbin, as before I told, his promise firm, unviolate preserve, and though Gabrina was both foul and old, though her misdeeds all rigor did deserve, yet he his faith and promise firm doth hold, and left his former business her to serve, till, as they travelled on the way by chance, they met a Flemish knight late come to France. This knight of stature comely was and tall, and in his shield he bare an azure bend, his name Armonida they used to call. It seemed he was not this old woman's friend, for straight his sight her heart did so appall, unto her guide her life she doth commend, and prayed him, as he promised, to vouchsafe from this her enemy to keep her safe. This man, quoth she, my guiltless father killed, for malice only that to me he bare. This man, my only brother's blood hath spilled, because he wished my safety and welfare. Yet with revenge his rage cannot be filled, but still he seeks to work my farther care. Well, quoth Zerbino, be of better cheer, for none shall do thee harm whilst I am here. Now, when the knight of Flanders saw that face, that of all faces he did most detest, With me to combat in this present place you must prepare, quoth he, and try your best, or yield to me this woman void of grace, that as she hath deserved she may be dressed. If you resistance make, you will be slain, for so it falls to such as wrong maintain. Zerbino courteously doth thus reply, Bethink yourself with more consideration to make a woman of your hand to die what stain it is to knightly reputation. As for the combat, if you needs will try, her to defend is my determination, for I am sworn to fight in her defense, and therefore cannot with mine oath dispense. This, and to this effect much more, in vain he spake, him from his purpose to persuade. At last they were so kindled with disdain, that one the other fiercely did invade. Zerbino was the stronger of the twain, and strake the t'other through the shoulder-blade, so as he fell half dead and half alive, not able any more with him to strive. But Zerbin, doubting lest he had been dead, 
with much compassion from his horse did light and first he loosed his helmet from his head and seeketh to revive him if he might who looking firmly on zerbino said i cannot much lament that such a knight hath hurt me in this fight and overthrown in whom such value and such worth is shown in this alone my hap i do lament that it should be for such a woman's sake and much i marvel that you would consent to your protection such a one to take which i am sure you would full sore repent if i to you her deed should open make and that you should so greatly damage me for such a wicked caitiff as is she and save my voice and strength will fail i doubt before my tale can come to perfect end i will declare if you will hear me out the wicked life of this ungracious fend i had a brother valorous and stout in holland born who for he did intend to win by service honor and renown heracleo served that bear of greece the crown a noble gentleman argeohite near the confines of servia to dwell who in my brother took so great delight that in short space they were acquainted well argeo married had this cursed wight of whom the present story i do tell and took in her unworthy so great pleasure as passed the bands of reason and of measure but she more light than leaves in autumn season that every blast doth blow about and change against all wifely care all cause and reason because she doth delight herself in change with wicked heart and head full fraught with treason so far she lets her raging love to range she sues to have my brother to her lover and doth to him the foul desire uncover but neither doth a rock more firmly stand upon the shore against the surging wave nor doth the cedar more upon the land resist the tempest that doth rage and rave than doth my brother her desire withstand though she at sundry times the same doth crave and though she seeketh many a mean and trial yet still she turneth with a flat denial at last it fell as oft it doth befall to valiant men that love to fight and quarrel my brother was sore wounded in a brawl so that it seemed his life was in some peril wherefore he gets within the castle wall both that his friend might know and venge his quarrel and other needful things may be procured by which his hurt might be the sooner cured now while my brother stayed in this ill state his friend argeo some time absent thence this woman early visits him and late and offers him good store of pounds and pence but he that always villainy did hate and would not do his friend so great offence thought as in evil cases is the best of two great mischiefs to choose out the less he means to leave our jail's friendship quite and get him home again from whence he came or hide himself where this most wicked wight shall never see his face nor hear his name this though it grieved him as it ought of right he chooseth as a way less worthy blame than yielding to her lust for to abuse her or to her loving husband to accuse her wherefore though of his wound both faint and weak he doth resolve to part with constant mind he gets him thence and not a word doth speak and leaves this filthy-minded beast behind but fortune ill his purpose good doth break and altered quite the course he had designed 
Home came her husband, finding her alone, Complaining grievously and making moan. Her cheeks with tears all blubbered were and red, Her looks did show her mind was ill apaid, Her locks all torn did hang about her head, With which her loving husband, sore afraid, Did ask her oft what chance such change had bred, Till at the length the wicked wretch Thus said with spiteful heart and fearful voice and trembling, And feigned a cause, the cause itself dissembling. Alas, quoth she, what should I seek to hide my wicked act and heinous deadly sin, Which, though from you and all the world beside I could conceal, Yet doth the soul within and conscience grudge a burden such to bide. So as the inward torment I am in doth pass the plague or penance far away that mortal man upon my sin can lay, if so a sin of right you may have named, that one is forced unto against her will, but thus it is, your friend that hither came, I thinking he had thought nor meant none ill, enforced me to my perpetual shame against all laws, all honesty and skill and doubting that i would the fact bewray forthwith he gate him hence and fled away but though my body he have so defiled yet is my mind from sin devoid and clear although from sight of men i am exiled nor dare i once in public place appear this said with thousand names she him reviled so that argeo that the tale did hear Believed it, and straight with all intended to punish him that never had offended. He taketh horse forthwith, and followeth post, all on revenge his mind was wholly bent. And for he perfectly did know the coast, and for my brother fair and softly went, he met him in an hour at the most, bidding him stand, or else he should be shent. My brother would dissuade him if he might, but all in vain. Argeo needs would fight. The tongue was strong and full of fresh disdain, the t'other weak and loath to hurt his friend, so that himself defending long in vain, my brother was constrained to yield in the end, and thus at last he prisoner doth remain and yields himself unable to defend, which seen, Argeo doth surcease to strike, but speaketh unto him these words or like. God, never let my heart so far be moved with rightful wrath that I thy blood should spill, since once I thee esteemed well and louvid, whom once I louvid, I will never kill. And, though thy act may justly be reproved, the world shall see my goodness by thine ill. For, be it love or be it in disdain, I will be found the better of the twain. Another mean than death to use I mind in punishing this sin and foul misdeed. This said, with willow bands he there did find, he makes a hurdle fit to serve such need, on which my brother's body he doth bind, that with old hurts and new did freshly bleed, and to his castle he doth him convey, in mind to keep him there a prisoner a. Yet, though with him a prisoner he remained, in other things he felt no lack nor want, save that his liberty was him restrained. But lo, this wretch that late did him supplant, and to her husband so of him complained, thought she would try if he would yet recant, and, for at her command she had the case, she goes to him, and thus to him she says, 
Now, sir, quoth she, I trust you feel the fruit that this your foolish constancy hath wrought. Had you not better been to grant the suit that I in friendly sort so often sought? You see, tis vain to argue or dispute. Say what you can. You are a traitor thought, and he to whom you showed so great fidelity imputes to you treason and infidelity. I think, both for your ease and reputation, you had been better granted my request. You see, you have a sorry habitation, and in the same forever look to rest, except you change your first determination and mollify your stony-hearted breast, which, if you yet will do, I do assure you, both liberty and credit to procure you. No, never hope, no, said Philandro, never so my unhappy brother's name they call, in vain to change my mind you do endeavor, and though Archeo causeless keep me thrall, yet I in faith and troth will still persever. Sufficeth me that he that seeth all doth know mine innocency, and doth see me, and when he list can both reward and free me. I care not though the world of me think ill, I hope another world will make amends. Yet let Archeo slay me if he will, or let him, as it seemeth he intends, though wrongfully, in prison hold me still. Yet one day he will find he hurts his friends, and know by proof how he hath been beguiled when truth appears and time brings forth her child. Yet for all this, this woman, void of shame, did cease no whit Philandro still to tempt and oftentimes in vain to him she came, and ever turns repulsed and with contempt. And in this frantic fancy she doth frame a thousand slights to further her attempt, and many things in mind she doth revolve before on any one she do resolve. Six months entire she doth herself absent, nor ever came Philandro to entice, which made him hope that she was now content to cease her suit and follow his advice. But lo, how fortune that is ever bent to further wicked persons in their vice doth unto her a fit occasion lend to bring her wicked lust to woeful end. There had been hate and enmity of old between her husband and another knight, Mirando called, who often would be bold, if so Argeo absent were a knight, to come with force and to assault his hold, or thereabout to do him some despite. But if he were at home, then all that whiles he came not near him by a dozen miles. Wherefore to be revenged on this his foe, that often did him wrong and great outrage, Argeo gives it out that he will go unto Jerusalem on pilgrimage. And from his house disguised he parted so in secret sort, without or man or page, and every knight comes in at the postern, that none but she his coming might discern. Thus all the day he wanders all about in woods, in groves, in pastures here and thither, to see if he could find Morando out, that in his absence used to come hither. And far he keeps himself from any rout until the darkness doth obscure the weather. Then would he get him home a secret way of which his wife did keep a privy key. Thus all but she Argeo absent thought by which his wicked wife with wanted skill another means and new occasion sought to bring to pass her foul unbridled will 
with weeping eyes her eyes to weep she taught and all with tears her bosom she doth fill then came she to my brother and complained that but he help her honor would be stained nor mine alone but mine argeos too who were he here quoth she i would not care you know what harm Miranda wants to do when as mine husband's absence makes him dare and now behold the caitiff me doth woo and to entrap me sets full many a snare and offered servants great reward and hire so they would help to further his desire and hearing that our jail was away and would continue so no little space he came within the castle wall to-day his absence gave him so much heart of grace where had my husband been but in the way he durst not only not have showed his face but sure he would not have presumed at all to come within a kenning of the wall and what by message he before had done now face to face by mouth he doth the same so as i hardly know which way to shun that which to do would breed my endless blame had not my sugared speech his favor won by feigning i my will to his would frame he would perforce have had his foul intent which now he hopes to got by my assent i promised him but promise made for fears void and i performance never meant but so that act i made him to forbear which he to do by force was fully bent now if you be a friend or ever were unto our jail you may this prevent nor only save mine honor thus distressed but his to whom such love you have professed which if you me deny then i may say not honesty of which your boast you make but cruelty did cause you say me nay and of my suit so small regard to take and that you were not moved any way with friendship's rule or for our jail's sake although twixt us it might have secret been but now my shame must needs be known and seen tush quoth philandro this is more than need to use such circumstance in such a case as I began, so mean I to proceed, and though our jail hold me in disgrace, yet unto him I not impute this deed, but ready will be still in time and place to do him service any way I may, so you but show to me the mean and way. Sir, then, said she, the way were this, to kill him that doth seek my husband's shame and mine, which you may easily do, if so you will, a while unto my words your ear incline, I have put off his coming hither till it be betwixt the hours of ten and nine. What time I promised him so to provide, to let him in so as he were not spied. Now then my counsel is that you do stay here in my chamber until I procure him to disarm himself, so as you may slay him with small ado and make him sure. This is, quoth she, the only ready way and safest for yourself, I do assure. To this device Philandro doth assent, thinking hereby his friends hurt to prevent. Now more and more approached the cursed night, when, as his wife, if I a wife may call, this hellish hag and foul infernal sprite did place my brother armed behind a wall, and as she wished, even so it fell aright, for ill device a miss doth seldom fall. Her husband, in the evening somewhat late, entered his castle at the postern gate. Philandro, at one blow, cuts off his head, taking him for Morando in exchange. 
she stands fast by that him had thither led nor shows in word or gesture any change argeo there remaineth slain and dead and killed by him o oh, chance most hard and strange that while he friendly thought to do him good most cruel and unfriendly shed his blood now when this feat had thus been brought to pass gabrina so is this good woman's name that doth in craft the fiends of hell surpass unto my brother for his weapon came which he delivered as his promise was and that once done then she without all shame prays him to take in hand a lighted candle and view him well whom he so ill did handle there first he saw how he had killed his friend a sight that made him at the heart repent and she afresh the matter to amend doth threat except he would to her assent that she should bring his life to shameful end for to accuse him of this fact she meant wishing him though his life he did despise to shun a shameful death if he be wise philandro mazed and full of fear did stand when of his error he was first aware he thought at first to kill her out of hand by whom he was entrapped in such a snare but she had got his weapon in her hand and to defend herself did straight prepare but sure he could have found it in his heart by piecemeal to have torn her every part like as a ship in midst of seas oppressed between two winds that do together strive can have no time of respite or of rest but goes what way the stronger wind doth drive so now philandro doubting which was best to die or in such sort to bide alive stood long in doubt and neither way did bend yet chose the worser bargain in the end his reason open lays before his face the danger great if once the fact were known beside the infamy and great disgrace that would about the world of him be blown beside to choose he had but little space so as his wit and sense was scant his own at last he doth conclude whatever come to swallow this unsavory choking plum wherefore against his will and forced by fear he promiseth to take her for his wife and unto her he solemnly doth swear to marry her if now she save his life and for it was not safe to tarry there when once the murder should be published rife he turns unto the place where he was born and leaves behind him infamy and scorn and still he carried in his pensive heart his friend's mishap lamenting it in vain how for a just reward of such desart a progne and medea he did gain and save his oath restraineth him in part no doubt he would the wicked hag have slain but yet he hated her like toad or snake and in her company small joy did take from that to this to laugh or once to smile he was not seen his words and looks were sad with often sighs and in a little while he grew much like orestes when he had first slain his father by his mother's guile then her and last of all fell raging mad with spirits vexed so was my brother's head still vexed till sickness made him keep his bed but when this cursed strumpet plainly saw how small delight in her my brother took she doth her fervent love from him withdraw and in short space that fancy she forsook and lastly she resolves against all law 
so soon as she can fit occasion look to bring philandro's life to woeful end and after her first husband him to send and old physician full of false deceit she findeth out most fit for such a feat that better knew to give a poisoned bait than for to cure with herbs or wholesome meat him that for gain most greedily doth wait by proffers large she quickly doth entreat to take upon him this ungracious cure with poisoned cup to make her husband sure now while myself was by and others more this old physician came to him ere long and brought a cup in which was poison's store and said it cordial was to make him strong but lo gabrina that devised before even in the prize of wrong to do some wrong before philandro of the cup did taste stepped twixt the leech and him in no small haste and taking in her hand against his will the cup in which the poisoned drink was placed she said good doctor do not take it ill that i require you first the drink to taste i will not have my husband drink until you have yourself before him tain the taste i will said she be certain by the rude that this you give him wholesomeness and good now in what pickle think you was the leech the time was short to take a sound advice he might not use persuasion now nor speech he durst not tell how she did him entice nor could he guess what was herein her reach to make him taste first of the poison spice wherefore to take a taste he thought it best and then he gives my brother all the rest even as a hawk that hath a partridge trust in gripping talent sits and plumes the same oft by a dog whom she doth not mistrust is killed herself and reaved of her game so this physician graceless and unjust while he too greedy gain his mind doth frame was used by her even as he well deserved and so i wish all such physicians served the poor old man that felt his stomach ache began to take his leave and homeward hasted he thinks some strong antidote to take against the poisoned cup he lately tasted she swears his home return he may not make while the operation of the potion lasted and that she will see plainly ere he go if so it do her husband good or no by humble suit and offers he doth try that with her license he may thence depart but all in vain his suit she doth deny now had the liquor well nigh touched his heart wherefore perceiving plainly he must die he doth the secret to us all impart thus to himself he did the same at last which oft he did to others in time past and straight in little space my brother died and after him died this same false physician we that had heard and seen the matter tried of which myself before had some suspicion both hand and foot we then this monster tied and bring her unto such as had commission where her confession and our accusation made them pronounce her doom of condemnation thus in the jail in fetters she was laid adjudged to be burned at a stake thus said the knight and more he would have said how she escaped and how she prison break but so he fainted as they were afraid he would have sounded as those words he spake wherefore his page him to his horse doth lift and then to bind his wounds they make a shift then zurban took his leave and made excuse 
that he had hurt the knight in her defence, affirming he had done as is the use to save his charge from damage and offence, and that thenceforth with him he would have truce. This said, he took his leave and parted thence, and promised him with words of great civility to further him unto his best ability. Sir, said the knight, for this I do you thank, and wish you of that woman to beware, lest that she serve you some such slipper prank as may procure your farther woe and care. For hard shall any escape from danger frank that in her company long season are. Gabrina silent all the while stands by, for hard it is to prove the truth a lie. Thus hence they part, and for his promise's sake at her commandment Zerbin doth attend, and wished in heart the divil might her take, though with his hand he must her still defend. And those last words the knight of Holland spake to give him warning of the cursed fend, to fill his mind with so great grief and spite, that now he scant could well abide her sight. And this same old and weather-beaten trot, perceiving how Zerbino was inclined, would not once yield or be behind a jot in spiteful wishing nor in evil mind. Her eye and tongue and look conceal it not, nor yet her deeds as after he did find. Thus, in this harmony of concord good, it was their hap to travel through the wood. Now when the time approached near the night, they heard a noise of bustling and of blows, caused, as they guessed, by some brawl or fight. But where it was, yet neither of them knows. Zerbino longed much to see the sight, and thitherwards in no small haste he goes, and in no less Gabrina maketh after, as shall be showed you more at large hereafter. End of Book 21